Redeemed Church, welcome to the Midweek Podcast. Kurt and I are here. It's been a while since we've given you this next episode, but you are in for a treat. And we are just so glad to be able to connect with you and yeah, get your coffee or take a drive and just uh, be blessed by what we have for you today. Yeah, we just got done recording. And I think Liz, you would agree that this was one of our favorite podcasts of all time. We yep. had uh, Jonah Sespagala. Uh, he's him and his wife, Jen, and their son, Elijah, have been part of the Redeem community here for a few years. Um, and he's doing incredible work in Uganda. But first, he shares about how he grew up in Uganda and also his incredible testimony, um, just a little bit of his incredible testimony. I think there's more to it uh, of how he came to the Lord. Um, and I think this will be an, inc- an incredibly encouraging uh, word. But then also, he talks a lot of, in more in detail about some of the work that he's doing and through Redeem Church to provide clean water to uh, cities in Uganda. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this incredible episode with Jonas Sespagala. Well, everyone, we are so excited to welcome Jonah to the Redeem Midweek podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, Jonah. Hi, Jonah. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, hi, Liz. Hey, well, we want to get into both hearing your story and then also talking about the incredible work that you're doing in Uganda. But the first question for is real simple. Tell us a little bit about your story. Oh, I'm Jonah. Uh, and, 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 and every time, every time, literally every time someone asks me to tell about my story, I, I always have that pause because there's nothing little to tell about my story. And God has made my story huge from small personality to a world of Jonah. And I'm so grateful for that. However, uh, in a nutshell, I would say that, hey, my name is Jonah Sebagala. I'm born and raised in Uganda. I'm married to one wife. Uh, we have a, a two and eight months year old son. His name is Elijah. Um, I moved to the States in 2012 after meeting my wife in 2010. I moved to the States. We lived in Olympia and we moved to Tacoma. And now we live down here in Pierce County. I'm so excited that God is doing great things in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my, at my place of work. So generally life is good. Now um, that is the nutshell. That's like literally a summary of who I am. Mm-hmm. However, I can get in detail about my testimony as well. Um, yes, we I don't love that. that yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So um, start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? In from Uganda? the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I grew up in Kampala. I don't know if you're familiar with, with, with Uganda, but Kampala is more like the capital, uh, yeah. the capital of, of Uganda. So that's where I grew up. I usually tell people that uh, I'm, I'm more, I've been close to strangers my entire life than my, my family. Uh, reason being, I come from a very huge, huge family. I have over 30 siblings that I know of. Wow. Uh, yeah, same dad, uh, different mothers, with a religiously diverse family at the same time. Uh, so huge family, different wives from different cultures, different backgrounds, different uh, religious beliefs. And there is Jonah. Uh, my mom comes from a, from an Islamic family, and my dad grew up a Catholic, but also a traditionalist. 
uh, by tradition, Mr. Mean, he practiced witchcraft and sorcery and all that, that, that kind of stuff. And yet during that time, he claimed to be a Catholic practicing Christian. Hmm. So that's kind of where I grew up. And here comes Jonah. And it's a miraculous how actually first time uh, Jesus Christ came into my life. And maybe that would be a story for another time. But uh, I'm also open to sharing about it. So as far as I recalled, I've always been a Christian until 2012 when everything made sense. And that is when my stepmom uh, confessed to me about a couple of things as she was uh, asking for forgiveness for all the things she did wrong to me growing up. And this happened when I was introducing my wife to my family, you know, and mm. so we had a kind of an emotional moment, me and her here in the United States, uh, when we had showed up for my wedding. And I'll, I'll never forget that that changed everything because everything made sense. And if I, if I, if I speak like that, I know, trust me, I know it does not make sense to you. Uh, maybe one day I'll tell my entire story. I'll get to share my entire story. I just can't in less than 30 minutes. So anyways, I come from Uganda. I met my wife in Uganda for a nonprofit that I was working for. She had come on a mission trip with both her parents. Uh, me and her dad, we are friends. We've been friends ever since then. And so I was a programs director where I worked. And I did community development as part of my Baby operations. I dug wells, you know, in the villages. And so I was the on-ground guy for her dad who wanted to do wells in Uganda. And so my wife is the CPA. So she controlled the finances for her dad. So me and her were in touch when she came to Uganda, came back to the States. So me and her started talking a lot for about a year. So she came back to Uganda in 2011. We made it official. We started dating. I moved to the States in 2012, December. Same month, we got married on the 29th. And ever since then, I've been here. Wow. Yeah, I've, 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 I've gone back and forth to Uganda a couple of times to check on family and do wells also. We're, we're definitely going to get into talking about the wells because that's just an incredible story in and of itself. But just listening to you so far, it's it's absolutely incredible. And I know that probably Kurt and I have so many spinoff questions that we could ask. But you had mentioned that you're, that maybe another time you could st tell your story about how you came to Jesus. But I think it's good now it's to good tell now, us. Huh? Yeah, just tell us how you came um, to become a Christian in such a diverse religious um with having such a diverse religious background yeah so uh when when i was when i was little my dad for some reasons among all his sons he really loved me um and god gave me favor with him mm. and that that was insecure to other brothers that i had and so all other most of my other stepmoms I'm talking about six plus that I know mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. I became a threat to them. Mm -hmm. Why? Because my dad was wealthy. And uh, if he had passed on, I was to be the heir of all his wealth, you know, which oh. was not a lot, but 
to a typical Ugandan man at the time, he he was doing good. So they practiced sorcery and witchcraft purposely to kill me. Mm. And so I got really, really sick. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. I was bedridden for a long, long time when, when I was little. And this is about, I think, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, my dad used to carry me wherever, with him wherever he went because that's how he felt he was protecting me. So this one day he had left for work and I'm at one of my stepmom's home. I'd been bedridden for a long time. And so she goes to the market to get fruit for me. And while at the market, there was an evangelist who was spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the word of God came upon him to prophesy to her. And God told her that, hey, lady over there, you have a son at your house. He's been sick for a long time. He's been bedridden, but God wants to heal him. God wants to use him. And God wants you both to accept Jesus Christ in their lives. And she pretended as if the gospel wasn't hers. She went on with her own doing. And now, mind you, she was a practicing Catholic, but her mom and herself did witchcraft and sorcery in fact her mom is was a witch doctor i don't know now because I've, I've not really been in touch with her for a very very long time and so um she she pretended as if it was not her message and the guy told her again i'm talking to you lady putting on a dress a white dress with little flowers on it is you and i quote does expect exactly those are the wording close to non-verbatim, but close to because the dress I knew about. I remember the dress and she also knew the dress I'm talking about. So she said nothing. She went home. She looked at me and somehow God put this pity upon her. And she was like, we've done everything possible. Now, mind you, <laughs> This is why it's it's kind of hard for me to tell my story partially, but because uh, it's all connected, it's all a yeah. miracle take, of connection. Yeah. But, take, take your time. This uh, is right. this so. Is, uh... All right. So, in a nutshell, I mean, I may just bring this up. It will make sense. So, when I was sick, and actually, this is how I got the name Jonah. <laughs> On the same within the same within the same kind of month of my sickness, um, they had tried to take me to the hospital. And the doctor said nothing was wrong with me. They failed to diagnose any unhealth, any sickness in me. The doctor said I was good. But every time I went back home, I was dying. You Mm. know, like I was literally dying. Uh, I went and practiced sorcery on me. Now nothing would heal me. You know, like the kind of witchcraft that was sent was purposely to kill me, to dismantle me, to have me gone. So while at the hospital, excuse me, while at the hospital, um, so this nurse asked my stepmom who had taken me there. was like, hey, what is this boy? What is the boy's name? Now, mind you, my stepmom didn't know my name. I had, yeah, I had these nicknames that are, strangers given me and that demons had 
chosen for me. In fact, one of them was Seba Garanyinya for Mimidiango Yokan, which is, that's my, that, that is in Uganda. The translation is, you're the first and last of your kind. Oh. You know, like, yeah. And, and, and so <laughs> when my stepmom was asked at the hospital what my name, I didn't have a birth certificate. I didn't have mm. nothing. Now, mind you, my dad just took me to all his other women who didn't know me. He's, you know, trying to raise me. And so here's a guy, they don't know a child, they don't know. He's very sick. A woman having pity and mercy upon me tried to take me to the hospital for medication. They're asking her, hey, what is your son's name? She's like, I don't know what his name is. And so the nurse thought that my stepmom said the name John, like John the Baptist. Yeah. And so, but when she wrote down on the certificate, she wrote the name Jonah with the right spelling. Wow. And so my my mom, uh, my mom had chosen the name, I think she told me Musa, like M-U-S-A, uh, the English translation, which is Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, like Moses in the Bible. And so I, I was gone away from my mom for months. And so within the time I am growing and developing and I made friends wherever I went and everybody told, called me the name Jonah. The next time I saw my mom, she called me by my other name. I didn't respond. So Jonah, is, it is up to date. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, but meanwhile, within the time she went to the market, she got pity, came back home. Now, after months of trying to find medication for me, nothing is working. She said to herself that, hey, it is not going to hurt. If these guys can really heal this son, it will win me favor with my husband. Because everybody knew how loving my husband my dad was to me you know and so she thought that by showing pity and kindness to me she would get favor from my dad you know she would get loved you know in, in as as a payment back for her generosity of kindness towards me and uh she did she came home she took me back to that guy <laughs> and uh that guy prayed for me man and before the end of the crusade, I was jumping up and down. God had held me. Wow. Um, and that day, me and her accepted our, you know, Jesus Christ in our lives. And now I was about eight years old, seven years old. And ever since then, as far as I recall, I've always been in the house of God. However, in 2000, uh, 2002, no, 2001 I gave my life to Jesus Christ as an you know as a teenager you know uh, with a sound mind again understanding from the bottom of my heart what I was doing because um, I considered myself a grown-up at the time yeah <laughs> so that's how I accepted Jesus Christ in my life and that's when I got baptized in 2001 that's when yeah wow in a swamp about 120 miles away from the capital. What an incredible story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you, you're a teenager, you accept uh, Christ um, officially, and then what got you interested in the clean water um, get, going into the nonprofit space then? Yeah, so it's all connected. Uh, like I said, that I got baptized in a swamp. 
with the dirty water. And that's where we got water growing up. We didn't have access to clean water. We had to walk miles and miles to get water. And, and uh, I tell people that uh, it is hard to understand, but there is something, something special about the story of Jesus at the well with that lady. Why the clean water? Why right at the well? You know, there, there, there are spiritual implications of that. However, mm. what, what intrigued me, just from the other perspective of things, is one, they desire to, they desire to bring a naturally, a freely gifted, a freely given resource for human survival to every Ugandan. You know, put, put the gospel aside. Mm. We all need clean water to survive. You know, and uh, I don't know if you looked, at, if you ever looked at, you know, I know Kurt, you've been to Uganda a couple of times, but many, many diseases that are killing hundreds, thousands of Ugandans are all connected to water. They are called waterborne diseases. You know, talk about mm. polio and now cholera, which America, you got to experience a little bit, but Uganda experienced it in the worst form of it. You know, mm -hmm. like millions of people died as a result of that, you know. And mind you, Uganda, I mean, Uganda, we are one of the blessed countries in the world. We have the source of the Nile. It starts right in Uganda. Hmm. The longest freshwater river, you know, River wow. Nile starts right in Uganda. The largest freshwater lake, yeah. Lake Victoria. Yeah, you know, is right in Uganda. Why can people? I mean, why can people have access to water? You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. like, to me, that is logically that is a logical question. And so, the more I started growing up and and reading the Word of God and understanding it, and being given the opportunity to reach out to people, I realized that's what God had put on my heart to do. And so the nonprofit that we worked for, <clears throat> we did a lot of mission work. We went to rural areas. I'm talking about rural areas where you get to meet a pastor who has a pair of shoes, which are sandals, and each are from different makes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they are worn out. They are literally older than her 10-year-old son. You know, and she's like, well, I'm here fighting for the gospel i'm here spreading the gospel and I'm like, what do you mean but i gotta go before i go to church i need to go 10 miles to look for you know fresh water then come back feed my family then go you know preach the gospel so to me i'm like hey if we brought if if we made water accessible it will be easy for the gospel to reach all corners of the earth you know, and uh, my wife and I were talking and praying through it. And when God gave me the opportunity to do the first well, now this is the testimony. We did a well and God, God, God had provided land far, mm -hmm. far away from the capital. Well, we did a well, like I'm talking about a village that was like dead. It was called Nawabango. Nawabango, is, it is a name of, uh, of a spirit. It is in the form of a snake. It causes about disaster and uh, uh, disaster and uh, 
at the drought. And so now Bango is the name of a snake in this, this village is named after that. And that is exactly, so God provided the nonprofit we were worked for. God gave us that property, which had a, a mini forest on it, where that snake, the God used to live. And guess what? Right on that property, that's where we drilled our first well. And that's where we planted the church. And that's where a school was planted. I'm talking about an elementary school and another high school was built and facilities are being provided to mothers and uh, widows and, and, and orphans who are getting sponsorship, education, access to clean water. And the entire village, the entire community gets developed and reformed. And it all started by God providing property that we built water on so that the entire village can come and not only tap on the water, but also get to receive Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's where I, yeah, that's where I thank God that I, I got to plant the, the first church over there with about 60 people. And as we speak, there are over hundreds of, 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 of souls that have, you know, that have been one to Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. So it, God has been providing and leading you to places and things are happening. Has, as you're here in, in Tacoma and, and working, you're, okay, can you tell us what you do? Are you a cop, right? I work for the state patrol. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're here. Um, has God given you a vision for um, just a larger scope? Uh, not, maybe not just like something that is around the bend in like a year, but has God given you a vision or a promise for a much larger uh, yes. dream? Yes. So, yeah. Yes. So, uh, hey, Kurt, you may understand this. Uh, I had a sister who used to work for World Vision. And she one day she asked me, hey, what are your plans? Like, yeah. what do you really have as John? I told her that, hey, I am a man with a World Vision. She looked at me and she laughed, you know, for real. But she didn't understand me until a week after when she literally called me and she asked me, what did you mean by World Vision? You said because I work for World Vision or not? I thought, no, God has given me a World Vision because I serve a God of purpose. I serve yeah. the God who owns the universe. He has given me the world. You know, the world and its fullness are the Lord's. And I am God's son. I inherit this land. I own it because my God, because my father owns it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I told her that, hey, I am a man with the world vision. My vision is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, to all corners of the earth. That is my vision and that mm. is my purpose. And so <clears throat> uh, to answer your question, yes, I do have a vision and God has given me a vision. The vision that starts in Uganda, started in mm -hmm. Uganda mm -hmm. and now is in the United States and is going back to Uganda so that it can spread to, the, to all the corners of the earth, basing in Uganda. And this is how we envision it, my wife on that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that I have a bachelor's degree in social work and community development. Oh, wow. 
Yes. And on top of that, um, on top of my law enforcement experience, I also um, um, I'm, I'm graduating soon. I think next month or oh, this month. Oh, yeah, next month, December, <laughs> um, with my other degree in criminal justice. Awesome. And God, yeah, God, God is training me. He has equipped me with the earth knowledge to fulfill my vision in the in the earth, mm-hmm. on the earth. And so this is my vision. Um, we want to start, we look forward, or I envision us having a center in Uganda that is going to serve Africa. And by a center, I mean, we're talking about a place where the gospel can be used to reach rural areas. We want to train, we want to equip Ugandans who are going to train youth leaders, pastors, who are going to reach out to others to create a network of disciples of Jesus Christ. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, makes great sense. It's awesome. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and so with my knowledge that I've acquired with time and experience, I have come to witness to organizations fall. Yet they had great missions and visions but they end up not fulfilling their vision because they did not focus on what really mattered most. Yeah. Now we believe in community development that if you want to change the community, you must get the people who live in that community to participate in your program, in your programs. They must own them. They must understand them. They must Mm -hmm. be a part of it. You don't just come from where you're coming from and think, oh, wow, look at this rural area. I'm going to come over here and change it. I may build a school. I may build this and this. And yeah. if the local people are not a part of it, you are not going to be effective in that area. And this goes with the gospel as well. You know, you can't just wake up and say, well, you know what? I am going to go to Lakewood and, and, uh, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, there's people, they need the gospel. Oh, I must go to this urban city. Oh, they, those kids, these people, they need the gospel. No, 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 that's not how it works. Yeah. You must understand the community. You know, in social work, they call that social anthropology. You go into the community, you become a part of the community, you learn that community, and then mm-hmm. you offer them your ideas and let them welcome them and be a part of them, then you see change happening. And I believe personally with experience that that is what has hindered the gospel to be accepted in some of the areas. Why? Because we want to enforce the gospel onto people rather than living by example, understanding where the other part is coming from, and then we show them the goodness of the gospel. I mean, I believe God is strong enough to change hearts and souls, and he can literally do it within a heartbeat. He can create, he can bring on a dinosaur into somebody's face and say, if you don't accept me, I may chew you up. Yeah. Out of fear, people will accept Jesus Christ. But no, that's not what the gospel is about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's about winning souls. That's why it says those who accept with their those who accept with their heart and confess with their mouth, they shall be saved. You know, you've got to accept, you got to know it. It has to come from the inside. And that's how change happens. 
And so uh, part of our vision is hey, we want to train mm-hmm. local leaders. You know, want to go into communities, be part of those communities. We want to train local people, you know, to develop their own communities. And that's why, and this is how we operate, you know, like if we got somebody to donate a well in Uganda, we have a team in on ground. We pattern with already established organizations like schools, mm-hmm. hospitals, or nonprofits, you know, that are already established. You know, we kind of come into amends with them. We make agreements just to, so that we hold each other accountable. We're like, hey, our purpose is to bring well, is to bring clean water here. So this is what we want you to do. We want you to own it. Mm-hmm. And Kurt, you remember that one email you received with one of our wells, you know, where I yeah. think it, it had it had uh, some issues that went on. I didn't even know that one of our wells worked on. Uh, it, it had a malfunction. But for accountability purposes, somebody was able to reach out, you see. Yep. And that is what empowerment is about. And that's what we want. We, you see the connection between Uganda and the United States now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, hey, that without Jonah, someone is able to reach this other side of the world and mm-hmm. find out, hey, what is Jesus Christ doing this side? I want to hold Jonah accountable for this well. What is going on if I don't do my job? You know, And that is my vision, is to bring, to mm-hmm. connect the gospel of peace in all corners of the world. Amen. Yeah, I, that's a big vision, but I don't know if I kind of summarize it. <laughs> what do you guys that. think? Yeah, yeah? no. Uh, well, well, it, it, it made me think of a, a question that we didn't talk about before. So apologies, uh, Jonah. But w- one thing that I'm hearing in this interview is the, the word identity keeps coming into my mind. And so, you know, yeah. it, I, I don't know very many people that grew up not knowing their name. God gives them a name through these circumstances, this identity. You're a son of God. You're also a husband and a father. I know those are the ones that are the most, you know, important yeah. to you ultimately, but you're also a uh, community developer and a social worker. And now you're getting your criminal justice. So there's all these identities that are going on. But one of the things that I, I want to make sure that we, we hear it um, and just hopefully just adding value to the people that are listening. Um, you're also a, a minister, I would, I would, I, yes. I think, um, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's a, an important identity to you. But one of the things that's cool is that God, I always say, God brings us this tapestry of us all together living out our purposes and calling. Yeah, that's God's story. It's not any of us changing the world or anything like that, but rather it's all these stories that come together. So if you uh, were just to talk to somebody, and I, I guarantee there's somebody that's listening to this that needs to hear this, talking to somebody <laughs> who just. Um, is trying to figure out their purpose, their calling, their mission. What is God placed on their heart? What advice would you give them to step out in faith like you are with these wells, even though you've moved away from Uganda and you're living in the States, now you are still making impact. What advice would you give to somebody who, who, who's trying to figure out what God wants them to do? Yeah, so um, I believe there is a calling for every part. You know, God has called us to do something. And the moment you realize that, oh, okay, this is one. Let me start here, that, Assuming you don't know what your purpose is or your calling is, how, how do you start knowing? One, praying to God or start with the passion. What are the things that you're passionate about? You know? yeah. And uh, for the first one year when I moved to the two, 2013, I struggled. I struggled a lot you know, with blending into the United States because yeah. I asked God, what's, I mean, what am I even doing here? I was a pastor in Uganda, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
like I had a job, full-time job, paying job, you know, besides pastorship, you know, life was, I would say life was good. And then here I come to the United States, not having no job for the last first couple of months. And I'm in here in Washington state, it is raining, it's cold. I'm like, okay, what's going on, Jesus? What, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I, there are some churches where I went to, they wouldn't even let me be part of the worship team for a long, long time, you know, even after trying. And I'm like, God, I mean, what's going on? Did you really call me to be here? And God had a purpose for me. And my purpose was to learn, not to serve at that time in that mm-hmm. city. You know, so for the last eight years up to now, God has been empowering me for the future purposes. And so as you talk about purpose, hey, what is by purpose? And sometimes the purpose is ahead of us yeah. Because God wants us to learn, to be prepared right now. I mean, talk about the coronavirus. It's like, hey, what can I do right now? And sometimes yeah. the purpose may be, hey, how about you go serve the church? How about you go be an usher at the church for the time being? Until yeah. the time comes where you can go to Uganda and be a missionary. You know? And sometimes people don't know, but uh, I did security as, as a children's minister before I did anything else in the church and I did security for a, a, a church that my wife and I first went to, you know, and then I started leading worship in the children's church and then I started started leading worship in, in the main church, you know, and then I became um, a director with, with another a non-profit in Tacoma. You know, if you're familiar with Youth for Christ, you know, yeah, became a, a director in Tilikam, if you're familiar with Tilikam, Lakewood area. You know, and then God is meanwhile training me and leading me to where my purpose is right now. And sometimes, like, you know, cut back to your question of identity, when people be like, well, you are an officer. How do you do ministry? So much ministry law enforcement. You know, these are also fathers and mothers who work, uh, who work with people on a daily basis. You know, so ministry with them is paramount. So we reach out to them. Uh, which is good. And that's what my purpose is. So to you, my friend and family who's out there, who's trying to figure out what your purpose is. One, let's invest in yourself first. Mm -hmm. Get your soul ready for the ministry of the gospel, for your purpose. And so that's that's the word I'll have for everybody right now. That's my little guy in the background. (laughs) He gets excited every time. (laughs) I love that. Um, well, I got the next question. This is a little, a little bit more of a lighthearted one, but it's kind of a two-part one. Okay, so I did a basic um, Google search on Uganda. Um, and for those who don't know, it is sandwiched in between Kenya and the Congo, DRC, right? Um, it has been independent from the United Kingdom since 1962. And I read that mostly Swahili and English are spoken. Um, it's a 21 plus hour flight if you wanted to go there. And I also read that um, it, most of the people are farmers or fishermen, but it is one of the, the poorest countries in the world. Um, so, and then of course you mentioned Lake Victoria, which um, is just amazing uh, to see um, you gone on a map and to see the size of Lake Victoria. It's, it looks, it looks incredibly, incredibly beautiful and huge, but um, I could go on, but what could you tell us about um, what you love about Uganda and what you would want us to know about um, the people and the country that we can't find on Google. 
Yeah, uh, Uganda is a beautiful country. As you mentioned, it is landlocked. Um, it is a landlocked country, yeah. but God has uh, given people love. They are really uh, hospitable, you know, and they provide hospitality easily. Mm. Uh, Ugandan people are loving. Uh, Kurt, you may be able to tell on that because I know you've visited Uganda before. Uh, Ugandans are really loving people and God has blessed Uganda as a nation. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I am glad if you ever made a trip to Uganda, most people say, hey, um, Uganda is different. Like if you've been to Africa, Uganda is really different. Hmm. Why? Because of the people are genuinely hmm. welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that it, answers the question. It's, no, it's a two-part question because I, okay. I the, the second part of the question is, is how can people here listening in our community get involved and just finding... Um, you know, there's larger places like World Vision, like Curtis worked and my mom has worked there before. And so I'm familiar with the building wells. Um, but it sounds like you, this, your operation is on a much smaller scale, which might help to, for us to connect more and to relate yeah. to the people and to the country. And, and really just through you, how can people support you and, and, you know, and develop a love for Uganda? Yeah, uh, right now prayers because the coronavirus is affecting everybody in the world, irrespective if you're a first world country or third world. You know, we mm. are all people and we are all affected. And so that, imagine how, the, if, if the impact is felt in the United States where we have almost everything, what about in Uganda, a third world country? You know, yeah. I, would, I would say developing country. Like, it, it is it impacted hundreds of lives as we speak so prayer 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 is really necessary another thing is you can get involved by uh you know uh donating towards the well mm -hmm. you know and uh you 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 have to contact redeemed church um, okay cart will literally take you through uh, the process how that happens but uh, um once that happens you'll be able to see or to be a part of the big picture of what is happening in uganda it, we do stuff on a small scale why because we want to connect with the local people yeah you know, there are some organizations that can do what we do in a heartbeat you know like uh, the, the the difference with us is hey our our goal is to really genuinely connect with the souls on, on the ground mm -hmm. and that's how we do it so you can be a part of it by one praying for them you know, and to get involved in redeemed church ministry because this is not a Jonah, it's a it's not a Jonah driven thing. It, it is a redeemed church mission ground, you know. And uh, my wife and I are part of my family is a part of the redeemed church, so we do this on behalf of redeemed church, not because of Jonah. And uh, tomorrow, our redeemed church can decide and say, "Hey, you know what, Kurt, you can take over Uganda. Jonah, we need you in in somewhere else." know and, and and that 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 still happens can happen and we are glad that that you know somebody else can take over it so i'm saying that hey you get involved in church uh get to know what we do what we believe in as a church and then come be a part of it and and, and that's a small thing of what we do as redeemed church that's what i'm saying yeah. No, I think that I think that's great, and and uh, you know this, Jonah. One of my favorite countries is Uganda. Even though every when I go, I always get whipped in some soccer from you know some eight year olds. <laughs> as I'm nice, as I can't even hang with them. But hey, um, one of the things that uh, I I I think you know it, prayer is the most important. We're gonna do some stuff in 2021. 
Dave has the dreams of us getting a, a trip over there as well as a church. I think we just got to figure some of that stuff out. But, um, it, you know, if, if there nice. is interest in that, we want to make sure that we, um, you know, we, we tithe off our tithe. I don't know if people know that as a church, anything that comes in, we also give back to local communities and then also different projects that we do that. And, 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 you know, what Jonah's doing in other organizations, like we we're doing the goat project right now where we're getting kids goats um, through redeem kids. And there's just so much need to go around that. It's both. And, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. the well projects that we have going with redeem church. It's, other things yeah. that you're giving to other organizations, keep giving there too. But if there is an interest there, uh, Dana and I can can walk you through that process because we put it aside and we make sure that it's allocated towards these well projects. So we, we can talk yeah. about that or or just your continued giving will continue to tithe off that tithe. So um, yeah, hey, one quick thing. We always give a word. I know that Jonah, <laughs> you got your son ready to play with you back there. Um, but That's Liz, uh, would you mind ending us just with a word for Jonah? Absolutely. Um, and praying over you and, and just your story, which is incredible. Um, the song, and it's more than a children's song, but children sing it. It's the Spring Up Oh Well song. Have you heard it? Uh, Spring Up Oh Well. It was uh, in my no, soul. Oh, you haven't? Okay. You, you got to let um, Elijah listen <laughs> to it. it okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there, it's actually based on scripture and it comes from um, Numbers chapter 21. So a little bit of context with this, um, the Israel, Israelites have been let out of Egypt and they're walking around, they're going from place to place to place and they're complaining and um, God doesn't like it. And so he sends, um, they're, you know, they're, they're running out of food and water and, and, and but, but they're complaining and um, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not putting their faith in God. So God sends serpents, snakes, yeah. and they're biting them and the people are dying. And so now, of course, um, there's a remnant or the people left who are repentant and they're saying, okay, God, we want to listen to you. And so he provides, um, you know, a way to, um, for them to live if they've bitten by a snake. So through Moses, he creates this bronze serpent, which is interesting because of the first place that you went to. Um, yeah. with the well that kind of was like, wow, there's, there's, there's a little uh -huh. bit here, but there he creates this bronze serpent. And so that if they get bitten, they can look at, um, look at the snake and they will live. Okay. And so, live, yes. And they'll live. And so now they, you know, they've got this remedy, um, but they're moving from camp to camp, to camp, to camp, to camp. And finally Moses leads them to, um, the land of beer, B E E R is the word in the Bible. I don't know if it's pronounced like beer, but there's a well there. And so they are, they are refreshed, they get water. And so then the Israelites begin to sing and um, they say, that's where the song is, you know, spring up a well, but it's, um, you know, God tells Moses to have all of the people, it says, gather the people together so that, they, so that I may give them water. And so I guess my, my word for this is, and you've sort of, you've sort of said this at church when you gave your, your testimony um, a bit back that, your, your hope is that when people come to the well, that they like the story of the woman at the well, that they realize that it's, it's, they're getting water there, but it's really a metaphor for um, the life, the, the, the Christ, that he is our never, oh, you're, you're, um, you're muted, Jonah. Um, oh, but that, but it's okay. I, I can see that you were talking, but that we can become refreshed and satisfied through Christ. What, through Christ. And so I guess just this is just a blessing. Um, I just really want to speak a blessing over 
over the operation that you have going and that it the wells are a place where people are gathered and that they receive water and refreshment but that they also ultimately see receive the gospel of christ and so um yes spring up a well thank you thank you (laughs) thank you yeah thank you you're welcome jonah i think uh I'll speak for Liz on this. This is one of my favorite episodes, just hearing your story. I know that there's so much more to it and it's just um, excited to hear it. Uh, we'll get you up on stage and share that as well, because I think people need to hear it. And it's just so good for perspective for us of, of yeah. how much you've overcome, man. And it's really a, 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 an incredible, incredible, incredible testimony to what the Lord has done in your life and is doing. Um, and we're just really blessed to have you as part of our community. I think that's one of the things Liz and I, we we're always amazed when we do these podcasts, because we're like, we have such a wealth of knowledge in our community, like such a wealth of people that are on fire and you and Jen are just such great examples for us. And we're, we're so thankful to have you as part of the redeemed community. And thank you for what you do. Um, and, uh, thank you for investing in us too, because I think you ministered to us today. So thank you. brother. Absolutely. Oh, it's it's so nice. It's been a pleasure that I get opportunity to share about Jesus Christ, which is in my life, uh, to everybody else. And hope you all feel encouraged. Someone out there feel, feels encouraged and motivated to keep on keeping on. Awesome. You know, uh, it's not it's not only uh, about um, the well. You know, I mean, there's so much that goes into a lot of sacrifice, a lot of giving. Yeah. You know, and uh, that is opportunity that God has given us as a human kind to. Yeah to be a part of what he's doing, you know, in other people's lives. So um, the fact that I get the opportunity to share about my story with all listeners of the podcast, that's an opportunity to, to maybe encourage somebody, especially in this coronavirus, yes. you know, see, season. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank joining you, us. If anybody, if anybody has any questions, uh, let, send them our way. Jonah and I could answer them or we'll get you to the right, the right place. Uh, but we will also be giving you updates about the well projects as they come. Um, and so as we make progress on them and 2021, I'm sure you'll hear a couple updates um, from Jonah and the Redeemed Church. So thank you everyone. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Bye. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>